Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod Weekend Spread Preview. Um, Sorry, I need to re-hit that. My audio is bad. One second, everyone. Hello and welcome back to the Weekend Spread. Uh, presented by the Schooner Pod. This is the SEC. What's what's so funny? What's so funny? What's so no, funny? I had I had something caught in my teeth. I wasn't laughing at you. Oh, I thought I was... Hello and welcome back to the Weekend Spread, presented by the Scooter Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, we got Ty Lee, we got Bolton Blake, and we are here to break down uh, what looks to be an interesting year in the SEC. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But um, on the show, we'll be breaking down our favorite over-unders, uh, team totals, our uh, favorite division winners, maybe some sneaky ones in there. And, uh, you know, maybe this year the SEC isn't as chalk as it, as it always is. But it probably will just be Alabama-Georgia at the end, so whatever. Um, so let's get this thing started. Um, okay, let's start out in the East. I kind of think it's a little bit more interesting. Always is a little bit more interesting. Um, Georgia... Uh, miraculous run to the national championship, but they lost a lot in, um, let's see. They, they, I mean, they lost a lot, uh, to the, to the NFL. Blake, do you think they, do you think they're going to repeat? Do you think it's just going to be Georgia over and over again? I don't know. What, what, what are you thinking about, uh, the East? What are the, do you think there's any chance for anybody else? There might be a slight chance, just because, like you said, Georgia lost a lot of talent. They lost 15 guys uh, via the draft, and five of those guys were first-round defenders. Like, that was the best defense, probably, we've ever seen in college football, and they lost basically everything from that, plus Dan Lanning. So, uh, they have to start fresh, but the good thing is, they have an easy schedule, and, like, they still bring back some impact pieces, like Stetson Bennett... The mailman, he's not a great quarterback, but, like, we saw last year when he needed to make plays, he made plays, and that's kind of what Georgia likes in their quarterbacks. And Brock Bowers is probably the best tight end in the nation. He's still coming back. So there are weapons there. Um, Their depth is in weird places, like tight end. They have, like, two or three guys besides Brock Bowers that are really good or have like really good upside so they're going to be running a lot of like two tight end three tight end packages just going big so they're not going to be probably the most electric team out there but you would have to think with the easy schedule plus just the amount of recruits they get and like the caliber of recruits that they get similar to Alabama you have to put them as the shoe in to represent the east yeah no I, I totally get that Ty on the uh, main scooter pod We've referenced a lot about uh, how Georgia, they're kind of so good in the trenches and all around that they can get a guy like Stetson Bennett to lead you to a title. Do you think that's still the case here with Georgia? What are your thoughts on the Bulldogs uh, entering 2022? So I think Georgia, you know, you have to give them credit for what they pulled off last year, but that took a long time to build. So if we're looking at it just within the lens and, and we'll dive really deep into some of these other uh, teams, there's one I'm really excited to talk about in, well, two I'm really excited to talk about in the East uh, looking at Blake's shirt just reminded me, but I think the dogs, it, they're the clear takers of, of the East. Even if you have, you know, one or two of the other teams that have potential in the East to be sort of a scrappy 
I'm thinking like Arkansas was in the West last year uh, type situation where maybe they can be chippy and, and maybe give some people some headaches, but not really do much. But I, I think the dogs have the East for sure. They're not going to repeat the national championship. I'll tell you that right now. And I, I don't think they're going to, they're going to take the sec this year. I, I think we all know who, uh, who the expectant is for taking the conference. Oh, fair enough. We'll, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later, but, you know, enough of the chalk with Georgia. Let's get weird with it. The SEC East, I think, look, after Georgia, I think it's really, really interesting. Other than Vanderbilt, I think most of these teams can, you know, kind of get a game from each other. I, I don't know. I'm interested to see it. But, um, Blake, I'll start with you. Who are some of the other teams in the East that really intrigue you uh, in terms of, you know, maybe not winning the division, but, uh, you know, performing well? Yeah, when I'm looking at this division, honestly, the race for the number two spot is three or four teams deep, which is awesome to see because really if Georgia has some injury, uh, bad luck or something like that, one of these teams could step over and take their place and it wouldn't be the weekend spread if I didn't start with the Florida Gators, AR-15, could be potential Heisman this year. Hey, we don't we say don't that know. anymore, Blake. So, yeah, we don't say <laughs> that, sorry. <laughs> but... uh The era begins. The era begins. Dan Mullen out. Made the worst decision last year starting Emory Jones. Literally everybody with two sets of eyes, even one eye, a really bad eye, could tell that Emory Jones was not, should not have been the starter of that team. And they, he, AR-15, when he was there, was one of the most electric quarterbacks I've seen. Um, The games he came in in relief, he lit up the board, rushing, passing, but people like to hang their hat on the Ty and Jameson haters of the world uh, love to point to the Georgia game where he got absolutely demolished. But look, you can't throw in a young freshman in his first start against the best defense ever. He's a little fragile, but I love teams with a dynamic quarterback. They almost beat Bama last year. People forget that. This team is really good. It's just now I think they have a solid rock with Billy Napier as a head coach, will make smart quarterback choices. I like Florida to be the second team out of the SEC East. But, Ty, I want to hear I want to hear some of yours now. Because yeah, I, know, so I know you're hating on it. Oh, important, yeah. important point. One, I'm not, a, I'm not a hater. I'm the opposite of a hater. I'm a known lifelong fan. There's like 20, 30 teams deep that I claim that I've been a lifelong fan of. I, I love three times as many teams as I hate. I can't think of a team not name the Missouri Tigers uh, that I hate. <laughs> I don't even hate Texas that much. Uh, and I don't know why I hate Missouri, honestly. But uh, I have some some quick points on Florida that, that don't make any sense. One, AR-15, unlike his namesake, is very easy to control. He's getting controlled by everyone that plays him. Also, they almost beat Bama is literally just you're trying to mental gymnastics reframe the fact that no, they lost. Is it- they lost. They lost. They oh, lost they by lost. two points. They lost, they lost so by very two good points. Yes, they lost. They lost, though. Okay. Yeah. And then they so did Georgia in the SEC made championship. Point, made a point to mention that they've downgraded their coaching situation, and that's gonna no. Help. They've they've made uh, a bedrock. Dan Mullen, trash. Billy Napier's well, great he is coach. Trash. He is trash. But yeah. So I I, I didn't have Florida. Right. I, I'm going to go with the big. Maybe I'm buying into fan base hype. So. I'll exclude that one first. The first one I think that really has chippy potential is the South Carolina Gamecocks. Oh, okay. They don't have a lot of expectations, but I believe in Coach Beamer. I believe in Coach Beamer, and Spencer Rattler 
in the SEC East, he's not bad. He could be the best quarterback starting in the SEC East right now. Somebody might pull, you know, we don't know what's coming up in the season, but he's better than AR-15, I believe. He's certainly better than Stetson Bennett, who is not that good. So I, I like South Carolina to maybe give some people some some headaches. I know they had a lot of, of teething problems last year, but I think they have real potential. And then we have to mention Tennessee. Uh, there's so much hype behind that program. It's always like that. I They're like A&M east of the Mississippi. Um, they just, they I don't know where their money comes from, but they have a lot of money somehow. And they're just constantly trying to, to hype stuff up. But I believe in Josh Hypo a little bit as well. I, I got to stick with with some OU connections here. I believe in him, and and that fan base is always super high on everything, but it seems like they are 10 times as high on their team coming into this year than they normally are. So I'm going to – I don't want to say I trust the Tennessee fan base, but there has to be some meat to the argument with the amount of, of discussion that they're getting. Yeah, yeah I was about and, to say, I was about to say on, the, on that quarterback matter, I think Hendon Hooker might have something to say out of Tennessee – uh, if we're talking about like, you know, the best one in the SEC East, you know, it, I, I'm actually, I don't know if I'm how big on Tennessee I am, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the hype, but I also know, I also know what they eventually do uh, every year. Like A&M, they implode. Yeah, and, like, the problem with Tennessee was last year, their offense was electricity. Like, give Josh Heupel credit there, coming in first year with a team that was absolutely gutted with transfers. Uh, And on the offensive end, they look great. Uh, He made the wrong choice. Like, people forget Hendon Hooker did not start at the beginning of the season uh, and finally was kind of forced to, after how bad their uh, season started, to switch over to him. But... This defense is so bad, and they. this is where we saw all their transfers basically leaving and where it really hurt them. Their defense couldn't stop anybody last year, and the SEC is, the I think, the one league where you can't win by trying to outshoot everybody just because of the level of offensive talent on most of the teams, excluding Vanderbilt and maybe Auburn this year. Like, everybody has legit offensive weapons that can tear you apart if you have no defense. I do like Tennessee as, like, the second, but I go with Florida just because I feel like there's more of a bedrock there defensively than Tennessee. They just, like, they allowed everybody to score last year. Like, um, I also want to know, what are your thoughts on Kentucky? Because Mark Stoops has done a really good job, I feel like. But does he, I don't know, I feel like they're, they're, they're good for, like, a really tricky win uh, somewhere in this season. But uh, I, I, I I wouldn't put them on that caliber of uh, Florida or Tennessee. What do you think? Yeah, and, like, I see a lot of the power rankings out there, and they have them right there with them. But, like, the thing about Tennessee is Mark Stoops has done a great job building, like, a very secondary program to Kentucky basketball. Like, Mark Stoops' contracts incentives are just making bowl games. Like, he gets paid significantly more if he just goes 6-6 six and six and make a bowl game. Like, that's kind of, like, the standard they have there. And, like, that team is truly built for that. Like, they are a good bowl-eligible team. Uh, Will Levis got that preseason hype as supposedly by CBS Sports possibly the number one pick next year. I don't believe that. I, lo- I Will Levis is a great personality and seems like a great guy, but there is no way he's going to be the number one pick by the end of the season. There's no way. But um, they won a lot of games last year just 
by, like, they are such a solid team and won a lot of close games last year. I think majority of their wins were by single digits. And I just kind of expect they lose a lot on the offensive and defensive line and just kind of regress to the mean because it was like they got incredibly lucky last year. They were winning a lot of close games, similar to how Nebraska lost a lot of close games. You expect those teams to balance out in the end. So, I see them as being a good team, a hard out, but I think Tennessee and Florida have that more top end potential compared to the Wildcats. Fair, and I, I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So just quick one. Just quick one. One word answer. If you had to take another odd uh, best odds other than Georgia minus five fifty, who do you go with, Blake? Uh so from this side I'm probably just sprinkling a little bit on Florida and uh, Tennessee just because, like, you're basically just trying to choose the team that's going up against Bama and then maybe hedge out of it just because there probably isn't that much value there for Georgia. Like, if you really want them as an underdog versus Bama, just wait till the game and get that. So I'm probably just going to sprinkle on, like, the two teams that I think are going to kind of compete with them and just hope Georgia struggles or Georgia has some bad entry luck or something like that, and one of these teams is able to go to Bama. Ty, what do you think? Is it worth sprinkling on anyone? And if you had to pick one, who would you go with? Mm, if, if we're talking about the conference as a whole. Division. The oh, So, mm, see, I would... Is one word answer, I think no. I, Georgia's going to take the, the East. I, I think, you know, I, I know it was supposed to be a short answer, but if, if Georgia doesn't take the East, then it's a, a layup in, in the conference for Bama and no one's going to give them fits. I, I think the the East is like we talked about with, with Florida, who I don't believe in, but maybe South Carolina. Uh, and then I think we've all kind of agreed on Tennessee. I think the best case scenario is that one of those three teams gives Georgia some fits and maybe upsets them, but Georgia recovers and is still ultimately a team that can kind of can compete with Bama because I'm looking at this. This is our weekend spread podcast. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm looking at this from, from the gambling angle. And I think the best case scenario from a gambling angle is that that Georgia team is truly competitive with Bama when it comes to the SEC championship, but that Georgia team has not run through its division. If it drops a game there, that's going to make those, you know, betting looks much, much juicier, I think. So I, you know, maybe I like to think I'm playing 40 chess here. It's, it's could probably be. Uh, consider mental gymnastics but i in short if georgia doesn't get it from the east then i don't know who would so i certainly would not look at anyone outside of georgia i i think that's fair i think i think florida has some intrigue if you really really believe in billy napier and uh anthony richardson but i mean this is this is this is georgia's true road schedule not counting the outdoor cocktail party at south carolina at Missouri, at Mississippi State, at Kentucky, that's it. It's so easy. Like it's such an easy road for them. It's unreal. It's unreal. And you know, I, I, you know, obviously they have their Auburn game, which is a yearly occurrence. But they're they're one SEC West team. They're playing this year is Missouri, uh, or, um, Mississippi State. So it's it's an easy, easy track. I, I mean, if you Florida would basically have to run with them all the way. And then, you know, beat them at the cocktail party and hope like a team like Auburn or someone else trips them up, like a Kentucky maybe. Uh, at Kentucky could be could be saucy. 
I think it's a little too much for the Wildcats, though. So um, I agree, though. I, I think Georgia is easily the, the pick, but I, I think I don't think they'll be as uh, runaway as they were last year. But that schedule is just too damn easy. I, I think they, they get through it pretty unscathed. So um, any, uh, I think we're probably good to move on to the SEC West, right, guys? Let's do it. All right, let's move on to the SEC West. Alabama, once again, is the favorite at minus 600. All odds, by the way, provided by DraftKings Sportsbook, our uh, good pals over there. Alabama at minus 600. Second up, Texas A&M at plus 700. Uh, and then the rest. Uh, so, guys, I'm going to ask you the same question I did on the East. Is this Alabama's division? This is Alabama's division to lose, right? Is there any team that can even compete with them? Uh, Ty, I'll, let, I'll actually let you start on this. T- yeah, uh, so I, I, one word answer, no. Uh, longer form answer that we're certainly going to dive way deeper into, but I'll, I'll stick with my my short one word answer is no. But long word answer is no, but there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in the tier below them. Bama is in a league of their own out there this year, uh, but there is some really, really interesting stuff that I'm so excited to see play out in the, uh, I, I will say the middle tier. Like, and I'm pretty much in agreement with Ty. I think Alabama by far is a runaway, uh, not only to win the division, win the conference, favorite to win the national championship, and like rightfully deserve the number one spot this year. Um, I know Bama talks a little boring because they're good every single year, but this team is extra scary. Uh, this was kind of the first year where Bama didn't have like tons of NFL draft picks, and it was just because they were having to play a lot younger guys last year. And so they only lost seven guys to the draft, which is incredible by Bama standards. And then Nick Saban, of course, takes the transfer portal, something that some people think could balance out the powers of sports and just, <laughs> like, basically plugs every single, like, tiny hole that they might have in this team to make it a super team. Like, they lost uh, John Mechie and Jameson Williams to the draft, two great receivers. They took Burton from Georgia and then Harrell from Louisville. So they already got two big playmakers back there. They take Jamar Gibbs, who was a awesome running back for Georgia Tech, really the only highlight of that scrappy dog team. And they have two other, like, five-star running backs behind him so they have a full stable there the only area you could be kind of concerned about them uh that we saw last year was their offensive line but the returning guys with quality starts they get vandy's best offensive line brings him in and so like when you compare their transfer like transfer portal class compared to some of the others like sure they're not bringing in as many guys but they're bringing in guys that truly make an impact that they're basically getting the top they're getting three or four uh three or four players out of the top 10 like that's just ridiculous and so that's why this team is basically destined i think to win the national championship yeah no i mean alabama for as good as they were last year it's almost unfathomable to realize especially for the people who follow alabama really closely that was a rebuilding bama team that was an, an Alabama team that was not supposed like that was not full strength Bama yet. And they obliterated that Georgia team. The only ones to just embarrass them like that. And then we're this close to winning a national title again. And I mean, you got Bryce Young back. You got a lot of those younger guys back. Like Blake said, uh, transfer portal filled in the gaps. It's it just it would be silly to not. I, I think Alabama is just the real question is who's going to beat them in college football. Cause it's just not happening. 
And then not only that, but you look at their schedule, I feel like is very favorable. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they play, let's just looking at the tough ones. They play at Texas, at Arkansas. I think um, A&M, they have at home. At Tennessee could be tough, but, you know, they have absolutely owned that series. Uh, at LSU, I mean, we'll see how Brian Kelly is, but, and then, you know, at the Grove, Ole Miss just ain't what they used to be. They got the Iron Bowl at home this year. I just think, and also that, also their other East game that's not Tennessee is Vanderbilt. So there you go. It, it lines up really favorably for the Tide, uh, not only to just run through the SEC, but to make a title run. Because just looking at this, you could maybe, if you wanted to stretch, you could see one loss. But as we all know in college football, it takes more than one to take down the Tide uh, when it comes to having them, you know, really in the college football playoff run. And I just, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's an easy Alabama division championship, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. Um, so let's talk about other teams within that division. Uh, I, is there any use in sprinkling or do we want to just kind of talk about who, do, who we think will overachieve, who will be better? Or, I don't know. Blake, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know about, tie but i think it's just better use talking about some interesting teams like i think this division is super deep it has like a lot of top 25 teams in it it just sucks that they're in the same division as bama and like like you said it's like you need bama to basically they're not going to make any other mistakes throughout the year even if they lose one game so i don't trust any of these teams to just like go undefeated or have one loss so yeah yeah. i yeah, I think ahead, we would be doing our, our listeners and our viewers a disservice by sitting here and trying to come up with, you know, fantastical reasons why someone could potentially win the SEC uh, out of out of the West. So I, th- I think it's natural and it's a natural progression into uh, what we're kind of planning on talking about next is is the uh, I think we had it termed on the outline. The teams were we're most excited to watch or the, the interesting storylines within the conference. I think the SEC West out of all of college football has a ton of those storylines that I think a lot of just fans of the sport are, are very interested in stuff that we've alluded to, you know, you have the storyline between uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher with their, their ongoing feud uh, that's, that's getting personal, you know, between them and and that game, you have Brian Kelly coming into LSU, you have, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin just goofing around it at Ole Miss uh, in, in there, you know, I'm excited to see his, I, I forget the uh, Jackson Dart, their, their quarterback that just got from, from USC through the transfer portal. So I, th- I think right now is a perfect time for us to dive into, you know, that what I would say is upper middle tier. I mean, there's certainly like Blake said, it's, it's top 25 teams within college football, but they just unfortunately don't have a chance because the rich get richer in college football right now. And that's Bama. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. Like, it does have some really, really good uh, storylines in it, and I think, I think the Jimbo Fisher situation is um, intriguing. That's going to be a really fun game. You know, them coming into into Tuscaloosa. Don't want to talk about Al- like Alabama too much, of course, but um, I don't know, Blake. Talking about A and M, do you think that they can continue the success they've had the past couple years? Do you think they can build on that and really just, I don't know, how, how good do you think they're going to be? Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think a and is just basically a ticking time bomb to make the playoff. Like, you can't... Jimbo Fisher did something amazing, and people talk about how much they're paying their players. 
how much, yada yada. He, we were all going under the same rules, and A&M got a fantastic jump on him, uh, jump on it, and props to them, because he amassed the best recruiting class ever, and when I mean ever, like, every side is saying that, and what's great about what he did was he basically went for the impact positions, he went for offensive tackles and defensive line, and that's really what you need, and he took the top five defensive linemen in the nation, and just have them on their roster now, which is something that, like, we saw with Georgia how impactful defense can be, and we saw, we seen with Alabama teams, like, their defense is always in the top five, like, they're always there. Jimbo Fisher is starting in the right places. I think they're going to be better this year than 8-4. and four. I know the A&M 8-4 jokes are out there. I think they're going to be better than 8-4. and four. Like, I, Jimbo Fisher is not, like, he's not an idiot coach. Like, he was great at Florida State. And I think because of how A&M's history has been, people kind of give him, like, assume that he just doesn't know what he's doing. But, like, he's a very smart coach. Uh, problems, though, they have no quarterback, really. They kind of have three guys that they can throw out, but none of them, I don't think, are significantly better than the other. You got Haynes King, who's the guy who started last year, but unfortunately got injured. And then that's when we saw uh, Zach Calzada come in. Uh, Max Johnson, who is an LSU transfer, who is a good LSU quarterback, but I wouldn't say is like anything too special. Like I think his biggest perk is just he started in SEC games and has seen that. And then you got this last guy, this five-star, uh, Connor Wegman, Wegman, however you pronounce his last name. Uh, he was a five-star dual threat guy. Many people are comparing to Johnny Manziel, so I like that. I like that, and I hope they go more that route and be a little bit more dynamic this year and give him um, some time, but I just feel like they're going to go with, like, Haynes King or Max Johnson and just kind of be, like, a safe team and, like, good defensively, but probably going to be a 8-4, 9-3 squad. Yeah. Ty, where do you fall on Texas A&M? And uh, more specifically, you know, this the um, Jimbo versus uh, – Nick Saban drama. Do you think, I don't know, who, who, who are you backing on that? And also just overall your feelings about um, A&M. Yeah. So I got, I got three points. Um, I guess I'll start with, with the Jimbo and, and uh, Saban drama. Actually, I'll start with, I'll start with this. Cause one of my points is just a, a simple fact. Jimbo Fisher has won a national championship in the past decade. So that has to be, you know, address. He, he did it at Florida state, obviously, you know, some, some different circumstances there, but they, a national championship in the past decade is nothing to be, uh, you know, to sweep aside. Uh, it was nine years ago, but that's the past decade. Um, in terms of, of the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban drama, I really, I got to take Nick Saban's side because nothing that Nick Saban said was false. I, I think everything that he said, obviously he was, saying it for a a reason i don't think it, i think it, he was just being um you know frank with with the people he was talking about and it, it wasn't necessarily a a bad thing and it you know it didn't have to be and i just i hate the way that jimbo reacted to it like i don't understand why you wouldn't like if i'm taking the you know the old used car salesman like approach right and nick saban the the most listened to like when he speaks everyone listens most listened to coach goes out there and says he's buying all his players. I'm Jimbo Fisher. I don't know why I wouldn't go out and say, hell yeah, I'm buying all my players. If you want to make money playing college football, come on over to Texas A&M. We'll pay you more than anyone else. You'll be playing with the best recruiting class that has ever played. And we're going to get you to the league. 
why wouldn't you? I don't know why he reacted the way he, it, it was like it was diminishing Jimbo's abilities as a coach. Like everyone knows that Saban has probably been, you know, bending the rules or employing bag men or whatever this this past time. Everyone has. I don't know why he reacted that way too. But I my third point is I haven't seen. I'm sure someone else has mentioned this, but A and M has a very sneaky advantage for the next couple of years in being a potential number two best team in the SEC. And that that is dependent on the divisions. AM right now, if they're the second best team in the SEC, assuming Bama continues to be dominant, you know, barring some freak save and retirement that would be the end of days uh, for, for the SEC when it happens. But Bama has the advantage of only having to play, or I'm sorry, AM has the advantage of only having to play Bama once unless it's in, you know, a, a playoff or a national championship situation. If you're Georgia and you're the best in the East, you know, God forbid it's a year where you line up and, and have to play them across divisions, but you're having to play them in the in the um, conference championship. AM will never have to play Bama in the conference championship as long as the divisions are there. They either you know, beat them and get it out of the way, or they lose to them and get to sit out the conference championship. And then that loss will always be, you know, sort of earlier in the season, and then they can carry that into the playoffs. So I think that is a, that's a very sneaky advantage that A&M potentially has over say Georgia, when we're looking at the second team in the SEC, because if Georgia's the number two team in the, in the conference, they got to play in that conference championship game. And then they got to hope that the playoff committee you know, can excuse a potential loss there or, you know, I, I'm kind of losing my words here, but it, it, whether they win or lose, most likely they're still going to have to face that Bama team again uh, in the playoffs or the national championship. AM doesn't necessarily have that. I understand, you know, ultimately, I guess in my hypothetical, they they would still be potentially playing twice, but I think that never having to worry about Bama in a conference championship is a sneaky advantage that AM has. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's that is true. That is true. Um, yeah, no, that's actually a really good point because I, I I feel like LSU kind of had that for a while as well. Um, you know, I obviously that Burrow team was very very legendary, and you know when when the that Bama te- or when that Bama team lost um, uh, lost to uh, they they just were not the same. So I don't think they would have beaten them, but yeah, I, I think that's interesting for sure. Uh, okay, so let's kind of move on a little bit to some other storylines. Blake, what um, what interests you about the uh, SEC East that doesn't involve uh, Bama, A&M, etc.? Because I think there's some really uh, interesting things going on here. You know, obviously you got uh, that, you know, a new face in Brian Kelly. You got a couple of, uh, you know, guys who have, I wouldn't call them established, but have kind of gotten it ro- rolling with, you know, Sam Pittman. Um, Lane Kiffin obviously has done well. Uh, Mike Leach, yeah, jury is still out, but I, I feel like there's a lot of SEC. Um, I, I feel like they're, they're, it's a pretty packed house in the SEC East or sorry, West. So um, I don't know. What, what what are you looking at this season that doesn't involve uh, those two? Yeah, there's honestly a lot of intriguing storylines like within this division. Like if you want to look from top with Bama to bottom with Auburn, like even Auburn's a very intriguing team. Um, but I got my eyes set on uh, two. 
Um, first, I think, is Ole Miss. Ole Miss has basically taken, like, Lincoln Riley's transfer portal model and has just done, like, a lighter version of it. But there's a reason why USC has the number one transfer class and Ole Miss has the second. Because they basically went out for flashy names and are trying to rebuild a team that way. So Ole Miss moves on from Matt Corral, who's probably one of the best uh, Ole Miss quarterbacks in their history, led them to the best season they've ever had, which is honestly kind of surprising. Like, you think of Ole Miss, like, should have had a better season than what they had last year, but they bring in Jackson Dart, they bring in Michael Trigg from USC, you got that connection right there, and then you also bring in Zach Evans, who we are very familiar with in the Big 12, and me especially, uh, from TCU, and He's a beast, and I'm really excited to watch this team this year just because I felt like at TCU, Gary Patterson didn't utilize Zach Evans correctly, that he was like, he's just another running back. He's not just another running back. Like, he's fantastic. And that was the problem was you saw very limited carries, but the limited carries he got, he was electric. So they build a bigger offense this year, I think, with these uh, pieces, but... They did lose both their offensive and defensive coordinator, uh, one to A&M, one to OU, obviously, and so that raises a lot of question marks because because Levy and uh, I forget uh, I forget A&M's uh, new defensive coordinator, but those guys were obviously really good and really talented at what they uh, did, and kind of especially Levy setting uh, that air raid style offense in Ole Miss made them really successful last year. So I'm really excited to see that team. It's going to be like USC in the South. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that is a really good, I, I think those pieces are great. I'm interested to see how Kiffin puts them all together, obviously with a new offensive coordinator as well. It's going to be interesting, but you know, um, that's a team that I could see really coming together if they can just kind of meld. Um, Ty, I, I want to ask you, you know, I, I'm, I know I know you always kind of have interest in Ole Miss and everything. And uh, if you want to take it with, you're, you know, you, you had spent some time in Mississippi. You know, I you're not an Ole Miss fan, but, you know, you've been around, you know, uh, you know, the Egg Bowl teams. So I, I, I don't know uh, if you had any takes on that. But um, I, w- I was going to ask you what what storyline you you are really interested in in the West. If that is Ole Miss as well, go for it. But, um, you know, um, yeah, just right back at you. Yeah, no. So on Ole Miss, that wasn't one of my storylines. But I think you can't – and I'm, I'm trying to make this not sound like an OU homer take, but I, I really don't understand how Ole Miss – there's not a, there's not as many people talking about – I know we just brought it up, but the loss of, of Jeff Levy. I think Matt Corral's uh, success – Blake, you are breathing very heavily into your microphone <laughs> – <laughs> it's creeping me out. But uh, I, I think a lot of Matt Corral's success has got to be a- attributed to that offense that is not necessarily going to be there, even taking on big names like Dart. Uh, so for that reason, Ole Miss wasn't necessarily one of my storylines because I, I'm honestly, I, I might be in the minority here, but I'm expecting a, a drop-off in their performance this year. The two big storylines that were exciting to me uh, was one, how Arkansas is opening up their season. And that's because they're playing both Cincinnati and BYU, which I think is really interesting as I know we're on our way out to the SEC and, and to playing, uh, I guess, probably Arkansas pretty regularly. But I am very interested in that, in that schedule uh, from the Big 12 angle. Obviously, both of those teams 
joining the Big 12 in in short order in terms of of conference moves. So I'm I'm excited to see both of those games because I feel like they could be sneakily good games. I think it's a very important game for Cincinnati. I think Arkansas is they I think they're getting a little bit too much credit for what they did last year, which you know, they were really good for an Arkansas team, but I'm expecting a drop there as well. But I, I'm very interested in both of those games. I think they play uh, – I'm, I'm not sure. Cincinnati might be coming to uh, Arkansas, but they are going to Utah to play BYU. And I, I'm just yeah. super – I think those are really interesting games. Um, so that, Yeah, they, they open their season against uh, Cincy in Fayetteville, and then they have to go to BYU middle of the season on October 15th. Yeah, I, and I think that's super cool. That's a we're going to talk about games we're most excited about uh, later on. But I'm keeping mine in conference, so I wanted to bring those up. But when I'm looking at the SEC West, the thing that I'm most excited about, I don't know why either. I, I really don't know why, but just I kept coming back to this as I was reading about it, and for some reason, it was Brian Kelly and them Tigers. <laughs> I am just I I don't think anything really interesting is going to happen this year, but I think there's maybe some sneaky upset potential there i I think they're going to do a you know really good sometimes really bad other times i think they're going to get rolled by bama but i i could see a weird 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 and we're getting into the weird situations here where you have like a A a&m beats bama but then lsu just runs a&m uh type thing but i've just i don't know I, i i've never been a brian kelly guy i've never been an lsu guy but for some reason that combination it's just it's working for me. There's something, there's gotta be something there. I don't know what it is. I have never been high on either of those entities, but as I was reading, I was just, they're not getting really a ton of credit. Arkansas is getting more credit than, than they've been getting uh, from, from what I've seen, but I, it seems like he's done pretty well with the transfer portal. And, and that just seems interesting because LSU is just one of those organizations that has that just ability to just produce freaky good teams every like every however long and i think brian kelly has has the track record where he could potentially you know create one of those weird lsu runs where they're just sort of you know off the radar off the radar like perennial nine win team and then all of a sudden they have like a once in a generation team that exposes everyone i don't know it's not going to happen this year but lsu is popping out to me no i i mean it's 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 intriguing because they went from the most Louisiana guy ever in Coach O to the least Louisiana guy ever in Brian Kelly. And, you know, I R. think R. it's Coach O. R.I.P. Coach O, wherever he Actually, is. Actually, mm, I don't no, know. If no, well, last we saw him. of him, last yeah. we saw of him, one, one of my, uh, <laughs> one of my groomsmen actually ran into him at the uh, uh, New Orleans airport uh, at, at the Chili's. So, uh, he's, he's doing fine, everyone. So don't he worry. He's so not, that's a true story. That is a true story. Yeah. Uh, Cocho looked him dead in the eye and said, you look like you work out. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. Ma- yeah. Our guy, our guy Mason, uh, was like, he was like, yeah, you, you, y'all, uh, y'all beat our ass a couple years ago. He said, uh, where'd you go to school? I said, Oh, you, he goes, yeah, we did. So Cocho is still vibing. He, he, he is exactly the type. I, I, that's good. It's good to hear. He's not dead, but R.A.P. Cocho. Uh, <laughs> but also, we don't want to make it sound like we're supporting Cocho or the, uh, no. the things that he was fired for necessarily. No, no, also, no, no, no. We are no. an advertiser-friendly uh, podcast. Yeah. Do, do not, do not, do not flirt with random, you know, university admins at gas stations. It's a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think I think LSU is going to be really intriguing this season because. 
you know, year one. And LSU's always been like, I mean, they've always been set up to be good. And it's it, it, it's weird how inconsistent they are because sometimes, I mean, they're they just look like the best team in the world. And then they go to the Outback Bowl like the next year. It's they're weird. I think they're kind of that team this year. Like, I just think the other teams in the conference are so good. Like, I think Brian Kelly's going to get them on the right track. But I think the other teams are just so much better that it's like, I think they're fighting for with Mississippi State for that kind of like that final like second spot because I think there's Auburn dead last. Like, I think they're could be second to last in this division. And, like, I think they'll look a lot better, but I just think the other teams around them have gotten significantly better and they're going to be really hard, like, really hard wins. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So do we want to do we want to kind of go into our favorite um, win totals? Blake, do you have anything good? Yeah, so I was speaking, uh, speak of the devil, Auburn. Uh, this one's pretty easy for me. I uh, Before I even looked at their schedule, I knew what I was going to put <laughs> put down, but under six and a half wins uh, for Auburn, I think Brian Harson is gone after the end of the year. They are basically like, di- they are hiring so many private investigators to dig into this man's past to try to find something just to be able to get rid of him and have to pay less money. And I think this team, like, I think they had, like, 20, 25 transfers out of the team. Nobody wants to play for him. I think this is just kind of a lame duck year to, like, lower the buyout, fire him, uh, and then they can move on. But if you look at the schedule, I think there's only four probably guaranteed wins. They're going to beat Mercer. They're going to beat San uh, San Jose State. They're probably going to beat Missouri even though, like, you don't know, and they're going to beat Western Kentucky. So I think there's four, but the rest, I think there's two toss-ups on that schedule. I think a guaranteed of six losses. So if you're giving me six losses and one of those wins or toss-ups just has to beat them, I'm taking under Auburn six and a half. And And they have Penn State coming in to the Plains, so that's that's tough. That's very yeah. tough. And like I put that one as one of my toss ups, but I think really Penn State's in a lot better position than the Sauber team. So I'm taking the under six and a half, probably as my favorite uh, of the SEC win totals for unders for sure. For sure, for sure. Uh, Ty, do you got any uh, any good win totals? Yeah. So I, when I'm looking at the win totals, obviously brought to us by our wonderful sponsors at DraftKings, where you will find the best win totals and odds. who else uh, who else would they be brought yeah, by else? you know that's the only uh, place to get them certainly yeah but it, it i'm looking at there's a lot of they all seem really really high mathematically impossibly high for a lot of people but it, it's it's i i feel like it's god i almost don't want to say it although i don't think anyone will necessarily disagree with it but give me bama over 10.5 i i like that a lot i think you know there is some risk to it there's some risk to to all of them but you know they have georgia at 10.5 as well and i think that's a that might be a good look for the under so i when i look at them again preseason win totals is a really really difficult thing probably not something that you necessarily want to uh you know throw down money on because it's just going to be there for for a really long time if you really believe in texas a&m over eight and a half could be looking really good for you if you believe in in what Texas A&M can do. Personally, I've I've never been high on Texas A&M, so it's just that's uh, sort of 0.5 too high for me. But I think they will certainly do better than eight and four, so maybe that's a that's a good look as well. So I don't, 
you know, it's it's hard to tell because you don't want to go for those pushes. I I Florida at seven, that's a rough one too because I I instinctively want to take the under, but I could see him getting seven and, and that being a, a push type situation. So Blake's shaking his head. He maybe thinks yeah, that could Ty be a, is like basically eight. opposite, like but, opposite. Yeah, I think we're very like, different on. My, very, well, okay, yeah, but that's you know, it's when you look at them, there's there's stuff across the board depending on on what you believe. Yeah, like my two other ones were going to be A and M and Florida. Uh, I think Florida over seven wins. I did the math. It's I think six guaranteed wins and then six toss ups. I don't see like a single guaranteed loss just because like Georgia is probably your guaranteed loss if you're thinking about it. But even then, rivalry games things happen. So I like where they're at, where I can see them winning six games with their schedule and then just having to win one or two toss ups. I know it's, I see the banner below, but uh, Ty's take on Alabama. I don't like it. It's basically like a 10-year government bond. I know it is like it's probably going to cash. You're probably going to be fine. Nothing's going to go wrong. But minus 290, that juice is disgusting. And you have to lock it up all season long. Like, if you want to just have guaranteed money, go somewhere else. Don't get into the gambling space. Like, just go go make smart investments. Like, I'm not taking anything at minus 290. Like, just like in the off case that like like a comet hits their bus like going to auburn and they can't finish the season like just if you want that steady payout just don't take that alabama juice go for something a little bit more fun yeah no i i I get that i get that and you know i have one that i i really like and i hate to say it because i really like this coach a lot but mississippi state under six and a half plus 105 i think is really 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 good just looking at their schedule, you got Memphis. I think I, I, I think Memphis at home, that's a game they could lose. They do have to go on the road to Arizona, who Come is on. absolutely bad. But look, it's it's no, something I can see. They're bad, Bobby. They're bad. They're really bad. I'm counting Arizona as a win. I'm counting Arizona as a win. I'm counting a win against Bowling Green. I'm counting a win against Eastern, Ten- Eastern Tennessee State. But other than that, all of their home games are pretty tough. You got Texas A&M. You got not Arkansas. Auburn, not Auburn at home. I think Auburn's bad. Auburn's really I, bad. I don't think this Auburn. Year. I, I think that's a toss up. I would think. That's, I don't. I, I don't think Auburn's mm. that bad. And then Auburn you got is, you, well. You also got Georgia as your SEC East team. An, they're in an Alpine situation with their head coach. <laughs> there we go. They're, there they're we F1. go, guy. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I get. I get that. I'm just saying. I. I don't see. I don't see six wins. I I think the little that little extra value is what's pushing me towards it. Well, it's it's six and a half, I, isn't it? So you yeah, have six to, and a half, seven. Yeah. So I I yeah okay. I yeah, guess that works. Do you but, think they make a bowl I mean, though? I guess. It's if, a, do you think they win six games? I think I think it would take a lot for them to win six games. You know, I think I think it would take a lot for them. It's a politician's answer. I don't it's see it. Just ha- a yes or I don't. No. no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. So I think that's what gets them. Um, I, I don't I think... know. I could see a scenario like they they have toss ups, a lot of toss ups. Like I could see them beating Arkansas at home or Kentucky on the road. Okay, I don't I don't know though. I don't know about that's the Arkansas a, at home. You know I, I I'm really big on Arkansas, which I think is true. kind of why, which I'm, is kind of I'm, why I'm big on on fading Mississippi State. I just I don't see it. I don't see it. See, I'm anti Arkansas, but I feel like if. I was presented the Mississippi State question 
and it was just a numbers thing. I can't detach the Mike Leach factor from it now because I know it. Like, there's no way I can look at it objectively. But I think if if I looked at the Mississippi State situation, just a numbers thing, you know, this team on the numbers is facing these teams on their projected numbers, I think I would probably agree with with taking the under on that one because i there, i don't think you know seven games is a that's a lot for that team so yeah i think the under i would like to see him make a bowl but i i think it's a i think it's an emotional thing that's holding me back from fully agreeing with the under there yeah i think a lot of people would, would agree with that you know if you're a fan of college football you, you're a fan of of mike leach the guy's so interesting he's constantly had his own segment on espn and stuff just shallow musings with with mike leach yeah, I mean, you do, yeah, you don't want to see Mike Leach get fired, but I just, I don't know. That six and a half is too big for me, and especially when you can get it under six and a half at one hundred and five on DraftKings Sportsbook, official uh, sportsbook partner of uh, the Schooner Pod uh, and uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network. Then, yeah, I, it's like I would take that. I would absolutely take that, and I, I hate to do it to him, but I'm sorry, Pirate. Time to walk the plank. So, anyways. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's the that's really the only one I really really love. Um, I guess if we're just trying to win, then I also like um, ties Bama over ten and a half as well. Stop. So, I, the more the more I think about giving this make. out, we can't the, get, we can't. It's not a fun that bet out. to make, well, it's, but it's it's money, right? Like a guaranteed win is better than you know potential. Hi, you know. I disagree. You have to put out so of much. Course you money disagree. To of course you disagree. The the fact that you disagree is why you work where you work, and the fact your employers is what caused you. Oh my god! Several god. financial crises because oh of what. God. No, I'm kidding. Okay, but um, uh, I I the more I look at it, I think maybe the A and M one probably is is the best one because it's eight and a half. Right? Do you think A and M is going to go eight and four? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be necessarily great. But I think nine and three, you know, is a realistic A and M or, or at least nine wins. So I I really like that one. And that's, you know, it, it, Bama even as good as they are, ten and a half is a really high number. So I think when I look at it, you know, the Georgia ten and a half under and the Bama, uh, well the well the A and M over I think is is probably the best one. Yeah, I agree. for sure. Let's move on to some of our favorite games. Um, so. Obviously, this is a conference with a lot of great rivalries and, you know, storied programs facing each other. But overall, what what um, what of these SEC games this year? What are the what are the matchups you are really, really excited to uh, check out this year, Blake? Uh, what, what do you have circled on your calendar for CBS? Yeah, mine's uh, boring. I'm just going to go to the cocktail party. Um, I'm really excited to watch this Florida team this year, and I think Georgia, like, Florida's schedule, like, I'm keeping it in conference, because if I'm gonna go my favorite game, it's gonna be Florida versus Utah, Utah being my dark horse to make the playoff, like, that game's gonna be astounding, uh, and I'm excited for that, but I'm just ready to see what Billy Napier looks like on the big stage, what AR-15 looks like on the big stage, and just kind of ready for the return of Florida. Like, I really enjoy when the SEC East has, like, multiple powers there that can, like, constantly challenge Alabama, because it's, like, it's too much to wish for Alabama to go away, so the best you can get is, like, different matchups in the SEC Championship each year to maybe take them down, different styles, and so... I'm really, I'm just excited for that game in Jacksonville. I think, 
I'm hoping that Florida can, like, they lose week one to Utah, but then kind of pull it together, have a fun game. So I'm just going to go boring. Cocktail party's mine. For sure. Ty, you're, uh, I guess, uh, game you're most excited about. So my good game I'm most excited about, again, keeping it in conference, but I do want to take just a moment to shout out uh, Oregon UGA as a season opener game. I love that. I love that. I don't think Oregon has a chance, but I love that. Uh, And then also Texas A&M Miami. I I constantly compare those teams. I think they're very similar uh, teams with just sort of wildly unrealistic expectations and, and donor bases and a ton of money and, and similar performance over the past uh, couple decades. So I, I, I really like that matchup as well, but I got to go with, and I think it's all there. I think it's the storyline is there. I think the location is there. I think the, all the drama, everything that makes college football, college football is there. And it's a big one. And I'm going with Texas A&M rolling into Tuscaloosa, Alabama to play Bama. Uh, it's going to be a primetime game. I I don't know. Let me just double check real quick. I don't. Yeah, it's still TBD. It's going to be the primetime game. It's going to be, you know, dark there. It's they're playing it. Um, when are they playing it? Uh, October 8th. So great weather time. Bama has a great setup for that. At Bama, you know, is notorious for their fan base just being eh, for every game because they know they're going to blow everyone out at home. But Texas A&M coming in there, Texas A&M coming off a win against them, the drama between the head coaches, there is so much. I think Bama wins it, you know, spoiler alert. I don't, I think maybe it's a good game. I think you'll at least have a good first half, maybe. I think Bama probably wins by 10. So some people consider that not a good game, but I think there's so much storyline. There's so much intrigue. You know, that is, it's it's a stereotypical college football game. They're playing at a college football, a, you know, a town. Bama is only college football. You know, it's not Austin, Texas. It's not, you know, wherever else where it's a town that has a college football team, but it's a town on its own. Like, it's this is all that they have. This is all that College Station has. These fan bases care so much. I, I, I'm very, very excited for this game because I I think it's, don't necessarily know if it's going to be the, the best one, but it's it's a it's a college football game. That's for sure. You can quote me on that. Guaranteed college football game. game. Guaranteed college football (laughs) game. (laughs) There there you go. There you go. Um, My game of the year. It's tough because I feel like whenever I pick game games of the year and try to be original, the line blurs between game of the year and sickos uh, quite often. Um, But an atmosphere I'm excited about. I think um, Auburn hosting Penn state is going to be really cool. Um, Hosted a Matt Jordan hair. I think both of the uh, Penn State's better, um, but you know I, I think that environment's going to be really cool. I can't give it to them. I think Alabama going to Tennessee this year is going to be really interesting. I think Alabama wins like they always do. I could see that atmosphere absolutely rocking though, if uh, Tennessee is, you know, it is as hype as they have followed. Um, I could see that just being really, really great. Um, and they haven't they haven't won in forever, so I don't know. Feels exciting to me. Uh, other than that, um, you know, I, I, I think I think Miami at A and M is interesting. I love all the on site yeah. stuff, but uh, overall, overall, I think I'm most intrigued and intrigued by some of the sickos games, uh, which I'm pretty hyped about. So 
I feel um, like you just including Auburn so much in this podcast, Bobby, proves you're a, a sicko at heart. Because, like, I don't know what you see in this team, but you keep on, like, circling back that, like, Auburn's not so bad. They're trash, Bobby. No, okay. They, they're I, trash. I don't, I don't search... I don't, okay, wait, what are you talking about? I, I was basically... Okay, okay, good point. I was mixed up quick, there. I, quick point, though. Quick point, though. Hey, we do need to keep this in perspective, right? This is the weekend spread. This is our our gambling uh, media. So it's it's not necessarily about who is the best win-wise. It's about those gambling lines, like we like we talked about with Bama. Bama's going to sweep it, but if their odds aren't good, then it's not good for us. So we, we want those, you know. Sometimes, I, ultimately, the sicko stuff is, the, the nasty stuff is where you make your money. You know, it's it's in the scraps, uh, to quote uh, a guy named Boat and Blake that I know. It's in the crumbs, I think he said. The crumbs, right? am I right? Yeah. It's in the crumbs. No, yeah, below the scraps. Below the, scraps. the crumbs. Absolutely. So, Blake, what's your sickos game of the year for the SEC uh, as we wrap this thing up? So, mine is uh, November 9th. It's the Tennessee Volunteers going to the South Carolina Gamecocks. I think this game is going to be sloppy. There's going to be no defense. And it's just going to be two electric quarterbacks just battling it out. Hopefully, like, both of these teams are, like, South Carolina's kind of overperformed. Like, we get a good South Carolina team because I really don't know what I'm going to get from them this year. But I just want, like... Any game, basically, with Spencer Rattler is going to be a sicko game. I'm secretly kind of rooting for him. Like, I would love to... I would love for Spencer Rattler to prove the haters wrong and just, like, go out there and ball this season. Like, maybe South Carolina have a better record than OU. That is a... That is a... uh, That is a really hard thing to achieve. I would love that, though. I would love that. All the OU fans that... Turns just he goes he goes god mode like 2011 cam or tim tebow one of those like i just want to see him do good to prove all the ou fans wrong for turning their backs on him so easy for being so pompous that they can't deal with the quarterback that throws an interception every once in a while i need to see him prove the haters wrong i back spencer rattler and i'm just ready to watch him this year any game he's in is a sickos game but Give me fair enough. The... Fair enough. Ty, what's your sickos game of the year? Yeah, I I think you know I like that. I, after Blake talked about it, I certainly didn't look at it, but uh, Tennessee South Carolina, you know, battle of two turns out to be rather unlikable former OU quarterbacks. Not both are playing, but uh, you know that is an interesting one. But I I gotta go with the LSU Tigers at the Florida Gators. I think they're very similar teams. I think it's it's an amazing. What? You know, once again, what? similar no, 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 teams. No, 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 no. Okay, yes. Okay, what? Florida. Florida is going to be a better team on paper because they're playing in the ACC plus Georgia. Of course, they're going to look better. Like LSU is playing the best in college football, and then Florida's like, oh, we got to play Georgia one time, and then I guess like kind of LSU. Like otherwise, they're in a Group of Five conference more or less. So I don't want to hear it. Uh, but I, I think don't it's gonna be, it. I think, not going to be comparable. No, I think it's going to be a very. I think it's going to be a very similar game. LSU is better coach. They've done really well in the transfer portal, and also, once again, it's a guaranteed college football game. It's just amazing timing. They're playing in Florida on October fifteenth. The weather is going to be pristine, chef's kiss. That's just how it is there in Florida. It's. I, I think it's LSU, I think, is going to be down and out, but they're going to see their chance to maybe make a mark. 
I think Florida is going to be, you know, have have stumbled at. Well, they certainly will have stumbled. They're starting at Utah, which they're going to lose, um, and and potentially a loss to Tennessee as well. So I think realistically, we have a two-loss Florida coming in. I'm not going to pull up LSU's schedule prior, but I think I, I I don't understand. You know, I might be completely wrong on Florida. If you've listened this far into the into the podcast, you know that I'm I don't understand the the sort of Florida hype. But I think that I think that LSU, you know, will be a worse record team than Florida. I think ultimately they'll be a lower ranked team than Florida. But I think this has so, so I'll try to make it appeasing for for you guys, I guess, because you're higher on Florida. I think this has the potential to be an interesting game. I think it will be, but I think at the bare minimum, you can't argue that it doesn't have the potential to at least potentially be an interesting game. So I like that one because, again, college football, it's a it's a cross-division game. It's two really passionate fan bases. It's a you know an SEC game still, great timing, great weather. I love it. So I, I think it'll be a, sick, a sickos game on the chance that, I think both these teams will be underperforming and, and just generally sloppy teams. I, I acknowledge that they're both well-coached. I think LSU will be better coached, but it's, you know, when it's a first year, it's a battle of two first year coaches. That's always a, a sloppy situation. So I, the more I think about it, the more I like this one as a sickos game. I understand you can make the argument that, Oh, that's not a sickos game. We're supposed to pick like Vandy versus versus Mississippi state. I don't know if they play, but something like that. But I think this is a, a sickos game. I think, there could be money to be made on this yeah. one if LSU really underperforms. And it's hard to say sickos in the SEC besides like Vandy. The all the teams are like relatively good. Like that's it's so hard to say. Just pure sickos. Like fair, we're used to. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um which is tough because I feel like all my sickos options are non conference matchups. So like I, I think Liberty having to play Arkansas in the middle of the season uh, is pretty funny. Hugh Freeze having to go to Fayetteville. That's great. Uh, our boys, Yosef, uh, Appalachian State, go to College Station. I think that's pretty fun. But uh, I'm going to go with the least SEC matchup possible with uh, Missouri traveling to the Little Apple and playing Kansas State. This season, I knew week it. Two. The second, the second, I thought least I, SEC. I was like, I know exactly. I know exactly what it is. It is. Oh, too, I thought it is. I thought you were gonna go Vandy. I thought you were gonna go Vandy Hawaii as the least SEC like team. Vandy. Like, I feel bad. I feel bad keying in on Vandy Hawaii because I know we're about to talk about it ad nauseum in, in the coming yeah. weeks. <laughs> uh, that is. A, I mean, that's that is such a sickos opening, and I love it, but. I don't know. Missouri Bobby, going to K-State. You're a sicko by picking an out-of-conference game after doing a monologue about how I feel like it's all out-of-conference, but I'm going to go with this. Well, no, I was saying that's <laughs> my thing. Is like All of them, I feel like, are like these weird non-conference ones. So I, I don't know. The, the team that makes the least amount of sense in the SEC playing K-State, the game that feels like not in it, like no SEC team is involved in this. I'm just I'm looking at the matchup right now. And my brain does not register SEC versus Big 12. And I find that really, really funny. Also, uh, K-State people are very excited for this for some reason, as the get-in price is 128 bucks. So Holy crap! Uh, that, is an, that is an insane Ooh. amount of money to pay to go see Missouri uh, or K-State, for that is matter. Is there a traditional rivalry there? I feel like somewhere we have like a K-State or Missouri fan listening. It's going ballistic <laughs> so that we don't know about the... like 
St. Louis arch, or like the the battle, the the ladder match over custody of Kansas City, like rivalry or something like that. The arch rivalry. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I think that's Missouri and Illinois, but yeah, know. but it's like who gets to claim Kansas City for the next like year rivalry or something, and they're spazzing out because we are like, I don't, I don't know, like why would these teams be excited? <laughs> well, it's funny because it's not even the one they're really like they're really used to. It's not even Missouri, Kansas, Kansas. which would be like a fun storyline. It's just K state. They're it's just two random big eight teams playing each other. It's There's no of, history. I would it's say just, it's like very much like OSU, Texas. Like it's the worst version of that. Like OSU fans hate Texas for being Texas, but like within their state, they don't have the same hatred as like the other school, like the rival school. Like it just feels like weird. It just, the vibes are always off. It's like OU and Texas tech or something. Yeah. yeah we, we don't have anything against Texas tech. So really. is it, is it like an OSU situation where Kansas state is just desperately trying to find a rival and claim that everyone is their, is their rival? They have like, no rivals. Like, OSU like, that's what's that. so, like I mean, they're, they're like, Kansas. OU Kansas, is our main Kansas, rival. Besides that, but like, they don't have like another, well, that's like. The thing now, is, would Kansas say that Kansas state is their biggest rival? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, especially now after like I feel the like they wouldn't. But. I feel like they wouldn't because they would assume that you're talking about basketball, and then they would name someone else. Well, even in basketball, I don't know. Like they've had because some even good in duels. basketball, I think Kansas likes the border war better. Like I yeah. just feel like they yeah. were really mad That's at Missouri for leaving. Like I just it's feel like, like it's like the it's like the it's bedlam. Inner, it's bedlam. It's like it's the inner Oklahoma situation. Like OSU is like OU is our arch rivals. Like we will defeat them every year, and then OU is like. I, we also play this team, but uh, really we're concerned about Red River. It'd be like Bedlam if OU never got out of the 90s. Yeah, we're starting to get like a little microcosm of TCU, yeah. Baylor, and Tech. That TCU and Baylor are rivals, but now because of a ticket policy, Texas Tech thinks their like, biggest rival is TCU. Which we do have a trophy, we have the saddle. At this point, People I think we should just that, change the... But... <laughs> at this point, we should just change the icon. Yeah, yeah this is a perfect... You picked a perfect game to end on, Bobby, because it segues... Right into the Big Twelve. I guess we should probably let you finish on your explanation for. Yeah, we got into the geopolitical logistics of a rivalry of for Kansas. A team. It's just going to be gross. That's that's really my thing. I think Missouri K State is going to be really gross and really funny, and I don't know it being in in Manhattan is just that's going to be a. a total I like mess. it. It's a sickos game. It's, it's a, I like it. I feel cheated. Because I felt like there was an honor system to pick in conference. I think there were other sick. Yes, that's what I got. Games. I got okay, rated okay, so, the last okay. time I chose. So I did too. I did. Okay, fair, 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 previous, fair. And one of the previous. So I guess one of the previous previews, both of us picked an out of conference and, and were sort of chastised for it. But I guess we did it once and got away with it. So I'll I just pick the egg bowl. No, no, no. We egg shall bowls. afford. We shall afford you your one yeah, sort of. You cheat. got your Everyone one. Else did it. <sighs> Everyone else did it. So now when we go to Big 12 next week, viewers tune yeah. in. Uh, okay. We will all be within the conference. So, well, I mean, if, that's the thing also. If I really, I, after really thinking about it, I kind of think that my best game is also, weirdly enough, a Sicko's game. Because, like, I was right. Tennessee's going to get really, really hyped for it. They're probably going to, like, have a pretty good record. And then Alabama's going to stop them, and they're going to be really sad. Well, yeah. And that and is going to be uh, funny to watch. That's, that's a good SEC, game. That's the SEC dilemma, like Blake mentioned, is you don't necessarily have that true sickos, just two atrocious teams playing each other situation like you have elsewhere, which is the stereotypical, like, the sickos game, for those that are uninitiated, is, is sort of, I guess, it originated on on Twitter, perhaps, but it's it's that game that 
you wouldn't otherwise watch. There's no reason to watch it, but because you're just a, a rampant college football fan or gambling addict, you find yourself awake, you know, watching Austin P versus Hawaii on Island at like or 3 a.m. or something to try to gamble. Like, or, or you're watching like, you know, UAE camel racing or something. That's wait, like oh, a oh, sicko's wait. thing. Like, so it's the, that's the thing. So it's, it's hard to locate one of those within the SEC. So I, I will give you that. I actually think I have a good one uh, after really examining it more. Arkansas at Missouri, 2.30 Black Friday. So why is this Sickos? Well, one, it's a it's a manufactured rivalry. These two teams don't really have anything against each other. It's a trophy game on a Black Friday. But also, if you, if you follow, um, I don't know, the, just sports in general, you'll know that it is by far not the biggest sporting game on TV. That will be the World Cup match between the U.S. and England. So they're playing this rivalry game on national TV, and hopefully nobody gives a crap about it. So it's one of those, like, if a tree falls in a forest, who's going to watch? If Arkansas and Missouri play each other, does anyone really care? I guess they're not competing demographics. I wouldn't imagine people in Arkansas being super... Super, because it's probably Arkansas fans that are watching that game, and I don't see them really partaking in the World Cup as much. So, no. yeah, and and it's I at like, Missouri. So I, I like how you said it's probably Arkansas fans watching, implying that either Missouri fans don't exist, or if they do, they just won't even be watching. <laughs> it's <laughs> the Missouri fans. The few I've met have always talked about how great Missouri fans are. Like we are so passionate about the school. I'm like, where are y'all then? Like I kind of live in this area of the country. Why do I never see any of y'all? Like I see more Auburn fans, Alabama fans. I see all these other fandoms that are so big. But Mizzou keeps on being like, we have a great homecoming. We have this. We have all these traditions. What traditions? Why do I not know about them? Like I know the least about you as possible. And you were in my conference for a while. Like you were in the conference I grew up in. And I still don't know anything about you. Like, where are y'all? Like, Missouri's highlight of existence was beating OU that one year we had Landry. And it was their homecoming. And then, what's that? It was their homecoming. I yeah, it was their homecoming. Years. So they had game Didn't they day. run the opening kickback? Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was, and, so, I mean, very good. That was the peak of their existence. And then Missouri also, like, I'm, I'm trying to think about it. Like, let's see. They got screwed on the, the fifth down play against... Um, I think it, I think that was Colorado, and then um, I, I, they had the Chase Daniel year, like few years where mm. he put he picked a bunch of boogers and you know really didn't and, and you know got their hopes up and then they lost to OU. So that's just kind of the Missouri stories. They're just kind of there. So yeah, it's I like the arch. They have the arch going for them. I, I would say that. that's would cool. Say, if you've never been, go to the go to the arch. That's arch a cool is thing. cool. Um, they used to have a lady on HGTV that readed homes in Missouri. It was the worst. She was terrible. She was atrocious. And it was all like McMansions. But yeah, that's all I know about Missouri. Ozark. Okay. Ozark. They have, yeah, they had the Ozarks. They do. I, I almost said Branson, but nobody likes Branson. So they do have Branson. Everyone has memories of there. No one likes Everybody it. Everybody has some connection to Branson, but I don't like. I used to it's go to weird. camp. What? Yeah, yeah, like why? You, why did Branson become like some hub that at some point in your life know. you find yourself in Branson, Missouri? I don't, I don't get it. I don't. I get think it, it has that... to do. We're we're way off in the weeds here, but I think it has to do with with uh, TWA it used to be a really major airline, and, and their hub was in St. Louis. So that used to be like a hub 
uh, city, so it was maybe a little cheaper to to travel to. I think I used to go to camp in in Missouri as well, which was cool, but that had nothing to do with Missouri. You could put that anywhere. Is this so. the most anyone has talked about Missouri in an SEC preview? I kind of yes. think it is, yeah. at least yeah. for this year. So this could be a standalone said- episode. We're trashing on it, but somewhere someone from Missouri is listening to this, and they're just spazzing out that people <laughs> are talking about Missouri. The Missouri fans are going to come for. <laughs> they're going to come out of nowhere. The the bot farm Missouri fans are gonna. Jump. I met someone one time. Bobby should get this reference. Oh well, Blake, you'll get this reference too. I met someone one time who told me they worked in tech in Missouri, and I was like, "That, that sounds that, that sounds made up." Yeah, that is a. <laughs> they are money laundering. That is called money laundering. Yeah, no. That's I'm gonna, so I'm gonna t- no, I'm gonna tell you who that was. It was someone you went to college with, Blake. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. <laughs> I think we, I think it's actually time to probably close her close her down, guys. But hey, uh, thanks for um, guys. Thanks for coming on the SEC preview, and thank you for listening. Whether you're watched on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting app, Apple Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, we're all on there. We really SoundCloud. appreciate it. I think we're on SoundCloud. We're not on SoundCloud. Not anymore. We I mean, like. Yeah, like they're like four episodes, and then we realized it was like this. Nobody's listening to this, so, so technically we're on there. But like nothing wanna, new. We're on we there if you want to listen to like 2018. Oh, well, you know, you know what they say, you know, like build one bridge, you know, post one thing to SoundCloud. I, I, hey, I guess that doesn't make you a bridge builder, but you might be a uh, SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, because we're an advertiser-friendly podcast. That is true. Speaking of which, we'd like to thank our uh, sponsors at DraftKings and our partners at the Pigskin Podcast Network um, for allowing us to do this and uh, all that good stuff. So, again, thank you to our listeners. Thank you, Blake and Ty. We'll see you next time on the Schooner Pod. We'll be talking to you football again. And then the next time we'll be talking a preview, it'll be that good old Big 12 preview madness. All four of us, me, Ty, Jameson, Jameson and Boaton Blake. Almost forgot his name. Yeah, I, no, no, I was thinking about it. I was trying to figure out if I was, was going to put him last or not. But He's been uh, fired. <laughs> he's not been fired. He's fine. He Jameson is fired. Jameson is not on the hot seat. He's good. Uh, but we'll be if talking about 12. to this on the plane, Jameson, you're fired. <laughs> you I'm going to be go. sitting next fired. to him on the plane. Are we going to tarmac <laughs> Jameson? Are you flying with him to tarmac him? Oh, okay. <laughs> I told our tarmac Jameson in Chicago. That's funny. Oh goodness. Well, this has got off the rails, but uh, yeah, thanks again. We'll see you. We'll see you soon. Talking some football. Can't wait for the season to start. Have a great night, everyone. And uh, yeah, good luck out there.